What's going on, guys? Welcome to this week's Q&A. What's happening, Wally? Uh, well, just driving from a showing back to the office. Talk about being productive, man. You're on the Q&A. You got the phone going while you're driving, and it's like the phone's obviously rested on the... Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's like doing it legally, of course, going through Bluetooth. Yep, yep. Which is awesome, awesome, awesome. See, that's that's true dedication here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get into the uh, first question. And it's an interesting one because I kind of answered it in a post the other day. But maybe we can get into more detail with it. So the question is, I heard the Bank of Canada plans to raise interest rates in 2022, maybe a couple of times this year. How will that affect my home purchase or sale? Should I be selling it right now and buying later? Should I wait to do both or should I uh, just keep the house I have? Well, keeping the house you have is totally up to you. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think in terms of, uh, in terms of buying and selling, you can't really time the market. That's my opinion, because you could sell right now, interest rates go up, but if the um, demand is still there and it's still higher, what will end up happening is the price keeps going up. You sold your house and actually end up paying more to buy your new house. So I would just sell when you're ready to sell and buy when you're ready to buy. That's my opinion. True. And yesterday they just announced that they're not increasing the rates. So, I mean, for for now, I mean, their next announcement is going to be in March. So from now till March, it's not going up. Yeah, so it comes back down to you can't try try to time the market. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So I would do it based on your needs, not so much on the market. True. So number two, I heard that if I buy new construction, I do not need a mortgage approval. My credit rating is a bit low now, and I thought that I can get a home from a builder and then work on my credit so that when the home is ready, I will not have any problems. Is this true? I would say that 90% of it is not true. I have not come across a builder that allows you to take on a unit and not provide a mortgage pre-approval letter of some sort. Yeah. To say that it, yeah. Yeah. To say that it doesn't exist 100%, I can't say that because... Who knows, right? It's going to ultimately be based on whether the builder needs uh, your uh, mortgage approval or not for their own financing and stuff. Yeah. So I can't see them saying, you know, that they don't need it. And I've never come across it, but you just never know. Um, I would go on the premise that you're going to need the approval. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bank on, uh, yeah, I wouldn't make my decision based on you finding somebody that doesn't need approval. I would assume that they do need the approval, and I would go with that. I would ask uh, maybe ask the builders or ask your realtor to figure that out, but don't presume that you won't need it. Presume that you will need the uh, approval letter. But but I but, but they can still get the approval letter even if their credit order is low. It's just it's going to state in the letter that they're approving them for a higher rate. So, and then by the time this condo is ready, your credit score will be better because you're probably working on getting it better and making uh, payments and everything on time to get it better. So that doesn't mean that you can't get a letter of, of uh, approving, you know? Absolutely. That, that's the moral of it. 
You got to go back to your uh, mortgage broker and see what you can get approved for. See if you can approve it, even if it is at a higher higher interest rate. Because, like you just said, when it comes time to actually getting the loan, yeah, it's a, your credit might be fixed and you may get the lower rate because you're not committing to the interest rate today. You're just committing to see that you can afford it. So it's quite simple. And there's many uh, many different lo loans out there that might give you that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just find it hard to believe that a builder is just going to turn around and say, hey, I trust you're going to come up with the money. And if you can't, don't worry, we have it. You know what I mean? So I just don't see that happening. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a client one time. Uh, he was new to the country, so he didn't have that kind of uh, strong income. So he got an approval letter for a builder from a B lender. And it was a, at a higher rate, but he still got it. He got that letter and he submitted it to the builder and he booked the unit, which is five years from now. So by the time that those five years are over, he has a he has a better income. He has a better rate and it's, it's all good. Absolutely. 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. So again, another new construction uh, question. I am interested in new construction, but I've heard a few projects were canceled. I know I get my deposit back, but obviously there's a chance that prices will increase and I may not be able to qualify if the prices go up. How do I know which builder to buy from? And is there any way to protect myself from this? Um, in that circumstance, no way to really protect yourself because it's not like you can buy insurance that'll cover the uh, inflation. But the one way you could protect yourself is to buy from a reputable brand that has been around for years and has proven themselves over and over and over. Because right now yeah. we're in a hot, heated market. There's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to try being a builder and create their uh, own brand and try to uh, start their own business. And those are usually the ones that don't come through. I'm not saying always, because there's always a risk. Just like any business, there's always a risk. But most of the time... You're at risk when it's a newer builder, not an established builder. And if you yeah. don't know who's newer and established, that's where the realtor comes in because they should know this. Yeah. They'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any other points on this side? No, I, I agree with you 100%. They just have to go with a, you know, like a well-known builder and, and they'll be fine. Perfect. Okay, number four. Do you think the market is flatlining or will this just keep going on? Oh, we got to pull out our crystal balls for this one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, right now, there's no indication of the market slowing down. Something major would have to happen to change this curve. Um, I don't think interest rates, even if they do go up in the future, is enough to make the you know, to, to, to change the curve on this one because the demand is just so high. And right now, 25% of purchases are coming from investors. And why that is relevant is that with investors, it's not like a single person buying a home. The limitations, restrictions are not the same because investors are usually multiple people investing and pulling in their money to buy a place, which indirectly basically means that their budgets are infinite. Um, I mean, that don't literally mean infinite is an unlimited, but usually if they're looking at a million dollar building and they had to bid at 1.4 to get it, 
with the amount of capital they usually have raised and invested, they probably can do it without sweating it. Where a typical working person trying to buy their home to move in, if the home jumped in from 1 million to 1.4, your mortgage, that's a 40% increase and you may have mortgage problems. Yeah. So will could interest rates affect the market? It could marginally, but not enough to curb this uh, this trend right now. That's my opinion. What do you think? I I agree. Like we we, we don't see any indications that it's going to be uh, less demand, so the market will like slow down and market prices drop. <laughs> the demand keeps getting more and more, and uh, because of having very low inventory in January, that kind of increased the prices. So we might have like a more options on the market in the spring market. So more options to choose from more inventory, but that doesn't mean prices going down. I, 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 I keep seeing the demand going higher and higher because we have immigration coming this year that didn't come last year. Um, we have uh, the interest rate, even if they go up, they're going to go up like 0.25%. So as we said, John, it's not going to be like a, Big difference. Yeah, I mean, like, what is the mortgage going to change? Thirty dollars a month, and if uh, you know, if thirty, forty dollars a month on your mortgage is going to affect, then you probably can't afford uh, the monthly payment you have now, anyways. Yeah. So I don't see it being a big difference. Now things could flatline if there were a series of events happening. Like if, the, if there was like like 2018 when the government came in and put in like four or five different changes, that could make an impact on the market. But I can't see that happening. I can't see everything happening all at once like a tsunami. So usually it's going to be, you know, like the interest rates, it's going to happen. Then there might be something else that happens. And over time, it'll keep it stable. So I wouldn't bank on that again. Okay. Have you seen an increase in the amount of people going outside of the city to find affordable housing? I personally saw it at the beginning of COVID. I don't see it as much anymore. I think it's becoming more balanced out because there's only so far you can go before you become too far for your work. So, and now with COVID coming to somewhat and I won't say an end because I don't think it's going to end. It'll be here for a while. But I think we're becoming more balanced in the way that we can project how we're going to live. I think we're talking less closures like we've been going through. And we're going to somehow have some new normal going on. And I think when that happens, some people will end up going back to work. So moving out two hours away from your work, as an example, will no longer make sense. So... There's only so far you can go and expect to still show up to your job. So with that being said, I think the people who could move out already have moved out. And I think with some of the people going back and, and realizing that they can't work remotely, have some people have moved back to Toronto. And I think I'm seeing some of that trend happening now. Um, so I think we're just going to have more balance you know, between uh, people leaving and coming. So I don't really, uh, I don't see it as a big trend as I did like the beginning of COVID. That has been my experience. How about you? I, to be, I'm, I'm a little bit different than you. I've been, uh, because of affordability, people are uh, willing to compromise a longer drive just so they can get into the market in my case. So we have been, I, like 
like part of my clients are being moving to look into like the Kitchener Waterloo area, um, Brantford area, um, Hamilton, because they can no longer afford Mississauga and, and Oakville Milton area anymore. Yeah. So, it, it's just a compromise that they're willing to do just to get into the market uh, and to get more space and stuff. Like they can buy in this area, but they're going to end up getting something way smaller than what they get, they need. So they're willing to do the compromise and, and, they're choosing to uh, like they're 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 having some kind of an arrangement with their employers that they can work at the office not every day of the week like three days a week or two days a week and then the other two days they're gonna be working it from home. Uh, I'm talking permanently, not not just yes, yes, of course. So, so so some some employers are okay with that. So my case is a little bit different. I do see people moving buying further than. Oh yeah, and I, I'm not saying that they don't. I just don't think it's as strong as it was before. Yeah. So I think it, it's it's climbed back a bit. It still happens, obviously, because you got to live somewhere, and if you can't afford Toronto, where are you gonna what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, but I mean, I just don't think it's as strong as it was before. But yeah, you're right. It also depends on the circumstance and who you're working for and what what the uh, outcome is gonna be. What interest rates, no, with interest rates possibly going up, should I take a fixed rate or still go for a variable rate? Hmm, that's interesting. Now, I think that's personal uh, choice. Um, I know what the question is. The reality is the question is that if I go on a variable rate, will I pay more with the interest rates going up or should I stick to a fixed rate? So if it goes up and it goes up really high, I'm still pretty safe for five years. I know that's really what the implications are. But the reality is, again, like you said early here, what's going to go up 0.25%. And I'm willing to bet that the variable rate and the fixed rate are not 0.25% apart. I'm willing to bet that it's at least 1% apart. So it would have to constantly go up every Every quarter would have to go up for the next, you know, few years for you to catch up to the difference. So, is there a risk? There's a risk, but the likelihood of it going up, just say that one percent difference within the next two three years, it's not huge, but it's possible. So you have to ask yourself, and this is my opinion: you have to ask yourself, should my mortgage go up that percentage point? Should it go up by eighty dollars a month? Am I going to be in trouble or is it not going to matter? Like, can I absorb it? Can I absorb it and take the savings now and then I'll just pay the extra later when it comes? Or is it one of those things that I'm not comfortable with the uh, changing uh, fees every year? So I would rather just have, I know my monthly mortgage bill, my bill is like $1,500 a month. And I know it's $1,500 a month. doesn't matter what the interest rates are. It's $1,500 a month. And it'll be that for at least the next five years. Which one are you more comfortable with? The possibility of having to pay more later and not being sure? Or the consistent payments, even if that means you're paying 50 bucks more now? And I just want to add to that also, like, it all depends on your plans. Are you planning to, like, for now, buy a condo and live in it for two or three years, and then uh, kids are going to grow and we're going to need more space? So it all depends. Or you're like, you know, you're not going to 
like I'm buying now the, the big house where I'm, I know that I'm going to be there for a while and I don't care because I'm not going to move in the next five, six years from now. Um, it all depends on that. What kind of property you're buying? Like, is it, is it something temporary or is it something permanent? That is so true because your turnaround time or, you know, your flipping time makes the difference. That is 100% true because if you're going to flip it quickly, everything is short term anyways. It doesn't matter because you're just building equity so you can make the next jump. Yeah. If you're there long term, then that's a different uh, objective Objective because now you can lock into longer. You can lock into a different rate. You can what you get on the renewal is going to make a big difference. Where if it's yeah, short term, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like the buyers now are either like uh, entry level, just trying to get into the market, and some buyers are, no, we've already been into the entry level home. Now we're going into the the home that we're going to be in for a while. So Yes. Yes, exactly. So you're, you're absolutely 100% right on that. Good point. Okay. Oh, boy. This one's going to be interesting. I have my down payment in Bitcoin. Can I use Bitcoin towards my home purchase? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, I mean, well, you gotta actually, to be honest, you never know. It depends on the, buy on the sellers because some sellers may take it. No, because it's the deposit that you got to make to a brokerage, no? And the, well, deposit's not the, the deposit's not the full down payment, though. Uh-huh. Right? Because your down payment could be, as an example, your down payment could be $100,000, but your deposit's only $20,000. So in theory, if the seller's willing to accept Bitcoin, you can use $20,000 as your deposit and maybe 1000 in Bitcoin. It's unlikely. I'm not going to say it's easy. But it's I've, not I've impossible. That yet. I, I see. I, I I expect that this is going to happen soon or in the future, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's not impossible. The likelihood is slim. It's going to be very hard, but it's not impossible. It's just not likely. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now another Bitcoin question. What do you think of NFTs in relation to real estate investing? Which has more potential? I am going to say I know nothing about NFTs. To me, it seems like video games. I don't really understand it. Um, but again, you're also talking to the guy who thought the internet was going to crash in 1994. So <laughs> I'm not really that futuristic when it comes to that. Um, I don't understand it. You're buying something in some video game or virtual world and trying to make it as an investment that grows and hoping it compares to real estate. That's what I'm understanding from it, but I do not really understand it. Um, again, it's like Bitcoin. Does it have potential? It has potential. But is it something that's here to stay? I don't know. It might be. Um, what I find fascinating with NFTs and Bitcoin and all this is more of the software and the software application. I find that more fascinating than the NFTs or the uh, Bitcoin itself. Um, in terms of whether it's here to stay, what the uh, investment potential is, I, I don't know. That's beyond my understanding. What do you think, Wally? Uh, I agree. Like, uh, it, it's, it's something that could be uh, could appreciate in the future and you could make money off it, and it could not. We, we, we don't know. Like At this point, it's kind of early. 
and sometimes it's 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 great to be in the early stages and sometimes it's not it's something um i don't know much about it just like you i i just i just i keep hearing about people buying nfts and, and stuff but i i really don't know i like things tangible <laughs> i like yeah. buying land where like you own this land i mean it's a virtual world so you can own I mean, they can make hundreds of them. You can make a billion of them. But when you're buying land, that's the only land at that address that you can buy. I agree 100%. So my my advice would be is put the bulk of your money in trusted and proven strategies such as real estate. And if you have a little extra money left over, try investing in it with money that you're willing to lose. Because if it makes, it's great. And if it loses, that's okay. Yeah, so, but, but I have the bulk of your investment in tangible assets that you that have been proven over the years. And also, in the past few weeks, I don't know if you've been following up, John, but the, the crypto has been dropping. Like I think it reached thirty eight percent right now in in, in in dropping. Like, yeah, I heard Bitcoin took a hundred thirty six billion dollar hit. Yeah, yeah. So people are. Whoever invested in, in Bitcoin and stuff, most of them dropped in the past two weeks, 40%. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, And that's to me, this stuff is like the stock market. It's speculation. It can go up. It can go down. You have no idea. So it's interesting, and it's interesting to invest in, but it's got to be a small percentage that you're not going to cry if you lose it. Yeah, but it's kind of quick like to drop 40% in two weeks. It's a, it's a huge thing. Absolutely. But remember, when it went up, it went up like that quickly, too. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, again, because it's all hype and you have no idea, nobody can predict which way it's going to go, which is why I say it's always small investments, money that you're willing to lose, like yeah. going to the casino. If you made money, you're happy, celebrate. But if you lose, it, it was fun playing. <laughs> 100%. So, um, okay, I have the last question for today. Mm-hmm. I have purchased a new construction condo that I plan to assign. The builder is putting in basic appliances and kitchen cabinets, and I think it's ugly. Since I'm going to assign the project, should I worry about upgrades or just take the standard that the builders offer? Will it help me in terms of the sale value if I take some upgrades, or am I just throwing out the money? Good question, right? Yeah. Now, I think it's a matter of who's looking at the unit. If it's an investor looking at the unit, then they're going to just look at the floor plans and they want to know how much can I rent it for. They don't really care what's inside as long as there's something. But if it's somebody looking to move in, they might want to know what's included, like what type of stoves in there? Is there, you know, what kind of, what do the kitchen cabinets look like? What is the backsplash? You know what I mean? Uh, what, like, is it um, stackable washer and dryer? Is it have hardwood floors? Where's the carpet? Stuff like that. They might take interest because they're moving in. Yeah. But for an investor, they're just like, if I, if you take the upgrades, will I get more rent? And if the answer is no, then I don't think they care. Yeah, exactly. So the it's upgrade is, you know, yeah, it's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah, and that's the thing. It also matters of, uh, see, here's the thing. When you assign, you're not promoting this on the MLS. This all has to be done without advertising. That's most of people's contracts, at least. Yeah. 
So with that being said, it's really almost like you're backdooring it. And there's going to be a limited amount of people. It's going to be going through the realtor network. And who are most of the people looking for assignments in the realtor network? It's going to be other, uh, it's going to be people who um, are in the realtors group that are investors that are looking to rent, not to flip. Um, it's going to be people who have tried to buy homes and, and just lost in all these bids. This opportunity comes up and the realtor said, hey, you've tried all these units. And you kept losing on your bids, but I have, an, I have this opportunity where you take over the contract. You're just going to have to wait six months to get in. And some people may be attracted to that. Now, that person might be interested in what appliances are there or whether the kitchen cabinets are shaker or whatever it is. And, but the, uh, the, the likelihood of coming to the dead user, like the end user, not dead user, the end user, over coming across an investor, you're more likely going to come across the investor that just wants to know how much rent can I get. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Awesome, dude. This was a great session, man. It was, definitely. So I just want to remind everybody watching or watching it after that we do this every second week. So in two weeks from today, it is January 27th. So in two weeks, we will be back 12 o'clock live on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the live Q&A.